Hey, welcome to Grace Online. My name is Josh. I'm the lead pastor of Grace Free Church. I'm pumped that you're here. And if you are part of our online location, you are part of Grace Free Church in every way. Please don't hesitate to reach out to us. If you have more questions about our church or want to know more information about the incredible programming we have for you and your family and your friends, or if you just need prayer, our team is here to serve you. And by the way, if you're watching this on YouTube or Facebook, to get the full Grace Online experience, jump over to our actual Grace Online location. It's found at www.gracefreechurch.live. On this page, you're going to find links to our state-of-the-art kids content. You just click the kids link, and we have absolutely incredible content to help them grow and be encouraged and learn more about Jesus. And by the way, before we get started, hit the connect button. It's our main way of communicating with you about all of the incredible things that are coming up with Grace Free Church. I don't want you to miss out on anything. We're here for you and we have amazing stuff for you. And the way to learn about that is through the connect link on this page. I hope you're ready for an awesome worship service. God's going to do some absolute incredible stuff. Jump in the chat. You can connect with people through there. I'm pumped for the worship. I'm pumped for the message that's going to come this morning and uh, or whenever you're watching it. So let's get ready to worship together.
Good morning, everyone. It's good to see you guys. Um, just not used to the lights up here. It's a very bright. I feel like I'm a police lineup in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania or something. <laughs> Side profile, you know, all that stuff. So what's funny about life is that uh, when I was a kid, I used to run from cops. When I got saved, I started hanging around with cops who were my Christian buddies that uh, were good friends of mine. So um, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get into the Word. We're going to talk about godly husbands and godly men. I'll put myself out there, too, guys, with this. So, Father, we thank you for this day, for everyone who could come. We thank you for you being so good, Lord. We can worship you and adore you, and we invite you to come in into uh, our lives and our hearts today. And just bless your Word to us, too, Father. Help us to be doers of it, not just hearers. Help us to put it into application in practical ways. We love you. We pray all this to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I used to be Speedy Gonzalez, now I'm slower than a snail. <clears throat> Thank God my wife has a lot of grace and understanding for me. Okay, guys, we're going to look at Acts chapter 6. In all this, as we look at this, we, we see the power of the Holy Spirit coming upon uh, the men of God that God's using here, and women are getting blessed by it and participating in this. Uh, Peter has some tremendous, uh, powerful teachings in Acts 2, Acts 3. One time, like 3,000 people uh, got saved and came to know Christ. Just love to see that happen again. I know about uh, 30, 35 years ago, I was on a conference in Harrisburg, and the guys had all kinds of perspectives of all over the place. And it was all good. But the one guy says, he thinks God's going to take us back to the book of Acts. And that all made sense, and that stayed stuck in my head. I'm thinking, yeah, that's, that's so true. People repented, people were sold out, especially men were sold out to the Lord. They wanted to do God's will. And we see a tremendous benefit of this, how, how this all happened. <clears throat> and I'm going to just take a quick slug of water, and we'll just get right into Acts chapter 6. Awesome things that God does, isn't it? Huh? They're written for our example and our admonishment, too. The Old Testament and things that we learn from them. They're not just far-out stories and kid stories and all that stuff. Acts chapter, chapter 6 tells us this. Now in those days, when the number of the disciples were multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenistics. Hellenistics were... Greek-speaking Jews, okay, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution of the food. Then the tw uh, twelve summoned the multitude of the disciples and said, this is not desirable that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. They saw the need, they felt from God that they should stay, right, to continue to do what they're doing. We'll see what they're doing. All right, but they raised up other people to take care of this need. They didn't neglect the need. Therefore, verse 3, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation. Here's the interesting thing. Full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over our business. But we will give ourselves over continuously to prayer and to the ministry of the word. He gave himself over continuously to prayer and ministry of the word. So important. Priority. I didn't do this all the time. I first got saved. I continuously gave myself over to sports, played on three softball teams, played on basketball teams. Back when I had good wheels, I could do things and all that stuff. And then I had kids. Yeah, I read the Bible and I studied a little bit, but I didn't give myself over continuously to prayer and the ministry of the word because it was not, I don't say that, not that important, but it wasn't a priority where it should have been in my own heart, in my own life. And I know men, as I read and study the Bible, I know I'm an old head, I have time to study and everything, but as I read and study the Word, I see God put so much responsibility on us men, it's just unbelievable what to do and what we should do. Now, that should scare you, it scares me, but the fear of the Lord is clean, isn't it? <laughs> it's all good causes me to, to be uh, dependent, codependent on Christ for everything in my life. 
It's broken so many things down in my life. It's all good. It's very painful. Very, very painful, but it's all good. Because he loves me and he has a plan for me. So I just want to go in the Old Testament and talk about a man who I love and probably who you love too, a man named Daniel. We'll go in chapter 9 of Daniel and talk about that. And uh, Daniel was a man who could interpret dreams. He was a man of character. And they saw there was an unusual spirit within him. That was Jesus Christ that's in him. God gave him so much favor with these kings and everything. And, but Daniel cared about people. We're going to look at uh, some of his prayers, his intercessory prayers for the people who he is with and how he connected with them. Okay, this is beautiful. Let's look at Daniel 9. We'll look at some things here. Tremendous prayer, guys. I just love this. I'm not going to read all of it, but the first, uh, second, excuse me, chapter 9, verse 2, uh, Daniel understood by the books of the time from the book of Jeremiah. He studied the word, a man there. Knew it was 70 years or up. Lord, let's, let's get out of here, per se. Request permission from the Lord to help him out with that. But this is what he says here. Verse 3, I set my face towards the Lord to make requests by prayer and supplication with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. He always came humbly before the Lord, requesting humbly before God. Verse 4 says, And I prayed to the Lord my God and made my confession and said, O Lord, great and awesome God, who keeps his covenant and mercy to those who love him and with those who keep his commandments. And verse 5 says, we have sinned, missed the mark. People are afraid to talk about sin. I'm not pointing fingers at sin. i got to point at my own self. But we can miss the mark. We can miss the mark as men of praying, right, studying the Word, or just serving or doing what God asks us to do. We can all miss that mark. I do. What he says in his prayer, we have sinned and committed iniquity, iniquity and we have done wickedly and rebelled even by departing from your precepts and your judgments. It's pretty heavy stuff. Verse 9 and 10, we'll read just a few more verses here. It says, to the Lord our God belongs mercy and forgiveness. He's reminding God who he is, mercy and forgiveness. You, O oh God, mercy and forgiveness. That's one thing. We blow it. We make mistakes. We as men will do that. Maybe not providing the leadership or the counsel from God for our wives or our families and stuff, but we find forgiveness in the Lord. But we have to recognize it. Man, we do fall short of the glory of God. We all do, right, as men. And we have rebelled against him. Verse 10 says, We have not obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws and to set before us by his servants the prophets. In other words, obeying what God is saying. There's no options in there. I don't have options. I wish I did. There's, God says, Rick, you don't have options. You follow and obey. Now, sometimes I might rebel against that or not take that right away. Okay, this is your will, Lord, but give me the grace to, to do it and to admit to it and to, to serve you and respond to you and pray for others, too. And we'll, we'll do a couple more verses here. Um, o Lord God, hear, hear my, my, excuse me, O Lord, forgive, O Lord, listen and act. Do not delay for your own sake, O my God, for your city and for your people, for your name. Now while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sins of my people, isn't that awesome? He said, hey, he bore their burden, he saw the need, he prayed that God would forgive these people, right, as well as himself. Now this is a great place for us too. Our job as men is to intercede for our children, our family, our wives, and others. It ain't about me, when am I going to get a new key and a gun to, or whatever. <laughs> Our prayer should be, Father God, your will be done, your kingdom come, will be done, but also seeing the needs of people. We don't judge people, we pray for people. Okay? Now, if we need to talk to them, you go to this side, Matthew 18 tells us how to handle all that. But we as men uh, are asked by God to be the servant leaders. All right? We're not the commanders or the emperors, we're our, our wives or families, we are there to serve. All right? We worry about the other stuff. Well, God, why don't you change her? And why don't you do this? God says, don't worry about that, Rick. You worry about what you are supposed to do between me and you. God always keeps me in my place. That's great, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, it goes on to say, 
who is confessing the sins, the sins of his people Israel, and presented supplication before the Lord my God. And then again, our boy Gabriel comes on scene, gives him another revelation. Now, he had a habit of doing this. Um, we look at Daniel 6, when, uh, you know, a cute story about being thrown in the lion's den and everything. But with Daniel, they said they could not find any faults or things. There was like, over that whole region, there was like 120 providence to Darius, who was a king, and he was putting Daniel in charge, and the other guys might have been like stealing from Darius. And they were afraid that Darius was going to put Daniel over them. So they came up with a scheme, and they, and they, they stroked uh, Darius's pride. It says, oh king, you know, for the next 30 days, you should make a decree and a law that nobody can worship any god except you. Darius was like, man, that's a great idea. Man, I love that. Stoked his pride, right? So he's deceived by these guys, and he signed, signed in the law. And as soon as Daniel heard about it, what does he do? Well, verse 10 of uh, Daniel 6 says, And when Daniel knew that the writings were signed, he went home and up to his upper room with his windows open towards Jerusalem. He knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed, giving thanks before God. It was his custom since earlier days. He didn't do this, he wasn't panicking. He didn't do this because they're gonna throw him in the lion's den. Daniel had that ongoing continual prayer and relationship with God, that no matter what happens, he's still gonna take this time out with God and pray and give him thanks. It's a really beautiful thing, isn't it? But see, he learned it from who? From David, while he read the scriptures from Psalm 55, 17. Uh, Evening, morning, and at noon, will I pray to you, says that in the Psalms. So, you know, Daniel was a man of the word. He took that time out in the Bible. It was important to him. God's not looking for robots. He's looking for sons that will respond to him, serve him, love him, adore him, and whatever time you work out with the Lord, it's great. And if you can increase your time, that's really wonderful. Okay? Now we're going to look at also being a godly husband and a godly man from, from Deuteronomy 5. And um, God puts a lot on us guys, man. You know, it's like, man, it's a little tough here, Lord. Sorry, Rick. I got you. I give you the power of the Holy Spirit to help you. You know, when Jesus says, apart from me, in John 15, you can do nothing, well, you can book it. We can do nothing. We can't please God. We can't serve our wives. We can't serve to the degree that God wants us or our children or be equipped outside of him to fully please him in all respects. Okay? So we look at um, Deuteronomy 5, <clears throat> verse 29. It says, Oh, that they had such a heart within them that they would fear me and always keep my commandments, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. Guess what? We follow his commandments and do the things he asks. First John says his commandments are not too difficult because he equips us men by the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't do any of this. I can get up and talk all I want, but I can't do any of this outside of Jesus, apart from Jesus. So my codependence and my relationship with Christ gets deeper and deeper because I'm like, and I see my heart, look, I can't do this physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally. But Lord, I know that you're able to equip me. Now, in this, guys, when my kids are little, I was almost scared to death to share. I'm like, God, all right, I'm supposed to teach. My kids know all about my faults, my failures. I get anxious. I get mad. I just, he goes, it's okay, Rick. You just keep teaching. I'll change you. I'm like, yeah, that's a good bargain. Okay. But it's a little uncomfortable sometimes doing these things, guys. It's very challenging sometimes because the spiritual headship of serving God and serving your, your wife and your family is very, very challenging. But we just hold on, we cling to Jesus. You know, we hold on to him to help and teach us and guide us and lead us. But let's look at some verses here. Uh, in chapter six, <clears throat> goes on and says, um, verse two, that you may fear the Lord your God and keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you and your sons and your grandsons all the days of your life and that you may be, be pro prolonged. Okay, here's a, here's a key, guys. All right, 
God can still use us to teach our grandchildren the Word of God. You're not too old, us old head, as they say. And I used to in the Philippines, they say to me, hey, old head, what time is it? So they always hit me up with old head. So I always loved that. That was funny. It's just a culture thing that you roll with down in Philly prisons and stuff. But us older guys, us old heads, God can still use us and teach us. Now, Daniel was between 82 and 85 years old during the time we looked at chapter 9. Okay? Moses' ministry started at 80 years old and went 40 years. So don't think, I'm too old, and ah, God can't use me, it's over. No, God can use you. Someday maybe we'll get into that, guys. We'll talk about the men of God, how God used older men, all right, in the Bible. It's just really awesome to see it. I get excited because I can line right up with them and just say, thank you, Jesus. All right, we're going to look at that. Deuteronomy 6, and it goes on and says this. Verse 5, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Guys, it always comes back to a heart issue with us. Okay? Do I love God more than I love myself? Do I love my wife more than myself? Do I love my children more than myself? That heart issue of loving God with all of our heart, soul, and strength. In other words, we're sold out to Jesus, okay? Plain words, we're sold out to Jesus. I don't care what anybody thinks or says. We're not being disrespectful, but we're not influenced by other things. We're just influenced by the Holy Spirit to do what he asks us to do, okay? And when we do that, all these other things become easier. You know, loving your neighbor as yourself. Well, because I'm, if I am hooked up with, with Jesus and he's given me his love by his grace, then I'm able to do these other things. I'm able to accomplish what's in his heart and his mind to do, right? So it's, some, of, some of this is like God says, this ain't rocket science, Rick. This is easy. Just obey me and listen and practice and put into application the things that you learn from the Word of God. Okay, Lord, help me to do that. Still dependent on Him. Verse 7 says, And you shall teach them diligently about our children, to your children, and you shall talk to them when you sit in your house, and when you walk along the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. He talks about you should bind them on your hand, the, the frontals of your... He's saying this, it's like, you know, we, I'm bananas about Jesus, I'm sorry, but I'm just bananas <laughs> about Jesus. I love Him for everything He's done for me. Everything. And it's hard things too, but I love him still for the, all that. But it's a thing where God didn't want us to be weird or, or overbearing with our children. But if God allows that, that zeal and that enthusiasm to come out, if we're just sharing that life that comes within us through Jesus Christ to our children. And that's what I'm thinking, thinking that we have to do that. You know, it's our job to protect our children, okay? If we don't protect our children, the world's gonna, gonna teach them about the devil. We don't want that happening, do we? Huh? Sometimes those guys have missed the point with that. But we want to, what, preserve and protect them, and we use the Word of God to help protect them. Okay? So that means we got to get busy, us guys, we got to get busy in the Word, study and pray, and uh, just sharing that responsibility of bringing them the admonition of the Lord, the nurture admonition of the Lord tells us that in Ephesians, to bring them up in a way that God wants them to bring them up, right? And not to forget these things, because they're so important. All right, I'm going to go into something that's very difficult, even for me. We'll look at um, husband love your wives the way Christ loved the church. Yike, yike, yike. Anyway, I'm saying, because that's hard. I said, Lord, I have done that. I'd like to do it. I'm unable to do it. And I'm not just talking words or theories or, oh, yeah, that's good. I'll put it in an application. But knowing your wife knows that, that you are doing and trying. And um, I know in my own case, I said, Lord, I love to do this, but I don't know how to do it. To be honest, I don't know how to do this. And God compares the marriage of the husband and wife to him being married to the bride of Christ. I mean, it's like, wow. It's just really overwhelming, you think of it. It's beautiful, but it's very overwhelming. So look at Ephesians. Um, Chapter 5, verse 25, says, Husband, love your wives as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. He, he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of the water by the word. And we can do that too, guys. 
Jesus washes us with the water of the word, purifies our thoughts, the contaminants. You just drive around or have the radio on or watch TV and something try to contaminate us, right? Our minds and stuff. And just like us men, we can wash our wives with the water of the word. All right, that's important. That he might present her to himself a glorious church, Jesus here, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. That's another work of the Spirit there. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And we know there's so many problems in marriages and all that. We can't get into all those details. It's so difficult. But I think if we can, by the grace of God, if we can work this out, where we as men want to change and just say, I'm going to do whatever I can to save my marriage. I know in my own life I said, I don't care. I didn't have, I didn't have, there was no teacher anywhere in my marriage, but I knew that, you know what, this says, I'm going to fight for my marriage. I'm going to pray for my wife more. I'm going to supplicate more for her. I'm going to just live my life more. I'm going to learn to lay down my life for my wife. I, I don't want the enemy or anything of the world to come in and try to mess with my marriage. So I made a commitment to God and to myself. I'm going to fight for my marriage no matter what. My marriage was never, ever on the rocks. There was never a thought of that at all. But I knew that you got to fight for things that you believe in. And you really have to fight to keep your marriage uh, holy and right before God. And uh, so, so important that we, we do that, guys. Make that effort. Pray. Even these impossible situations, I've seen in my own family, impossible situations God worked out through, through things that were just, you would think, ain't going to happen. But, you know, we prayed. We believed, we prayed, and God was able to graciously do those things, right? So, um, I want to go back and uh, talk, talk two other things, and I'm, I'm just about done. Um, well, if you're, if you're a, a wife today, and you're like, well, this is Father's Day, you know, whatever. But you know what? A nice gift to you would be if we could change and be like Christ more, or if God could work in your sons or grandchildren or other people that you know, and just seeing God do a miracle, that would be a nice gift for you too today, wouldn't it? That would be lovely. And also, you single guys, well, what's this have to do with me, man? I'm single. Well, I'll tell you what it had to do with. It's all about love. It's all about love. Because <laughs> he first loved us and he died for us, right? But John 13, 34 says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you. No options. God don't say, Rick, there are options. There are no options here. But we rely on him. We ask him to give us that love and that strength. And lastly, I want to talk about, um, we'll go back to Acts 4, and we'll say no more. Sometimes I forget where my New Testament or Old Testament, you know. <laughs> so, Acts 4, as soon as I find this here. <clears throat> Talking about um, Peter and John, you know, um, they follow the Holy Spirit, and uh, Acts 4, verse 8, 8 says, And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and people, uh, the elders of Israel, and we'll drop down to verse 10, it says, Let it be known to you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you are crucified, whom God has raised from the dead, by, by this day this man is standing before you. God did a miracle here. Verse 12 says, Nor is there salvation in any other, for no other name under heaven What's men must be saved. And, our, and our key verse here. Now, when they saw, this is the religious leaders and people there. Now, when they saw <clears throat> the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men, just common fisher guys, common people like Rick Schweitzer, I got saved running the streets of Philly, common guys like us, right? <clears throat> were untrained, un, un, uneducated. They marveled, and they realized, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. There was a mark put on these guys. These guys were sold out for Jesus. And that thing was just a witness to these men. They didn't have to go saying all that, but they witnessed the fact what Christ was doing in these men. So guys, um, if you need prayer, you need to stand up and pray. Uh, for us to be better men or husbands, I stand right with you, man.
Anybody wants to stand up and, and have some prayer? Okay. It takes holy boldness to be men of God, guys. All right. All right. I'm going to put a question out. I'm sorry to put you guys on the spot here. Now, <clears throat> now the things that we share, could you go to your wife and ask if you're doing all these things? Or are you trying to practice these things, a better word? Are you trying to practice what this says? Are you taking the time and praying and studying the word and teaching your children and loving your wife and doing these things? I don't do this thing perfectly either, guys. I'm still in training with all this too. But I'm willing, of a willing mind and willing heart to let God change me. That's the key. I don't have to be right. I don't have to say, well, she don't do this, and how come she don't do this, and then I won't do this. God says, forget that. You do it. I want you to do it, Rick. That's what matters as, as men. So anyway, okay, we'll pray. We'll bring, we'll bring our, our people back up here. Nice worship team. And Father, we thank you that we have an opportunity to pray and seek your face. And Lord, perhaps we did this in our own hearts and minds, that we... Uh, we did ask you to, to be Lord of our lives, to be God and King and Savior. Uh, help us to roll with all the things that you teach us, guide us, direct us. Lord, equip us. Father, we don't have this in ourselves, but it's supernatural ability that comes only from Jesus. So, Lord, we ask you to help us to be that man that you call us out to be. Godly husbands and godly men. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, Grace family and friends. We are so glad you have joined us to worship at our online campus. I want to take a moment and talk a bit about why we as a church encourage giving. Did you know that giving is considered an act of worship? It's true. Paul addressed the Philippian church on this very thing. In Ephesians 4, 18 through 19, Paul states, I have received full payment and have more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus, the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. Paul, of course, is referring to their offerings here. Paul continues, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. Paul used these gifts to further the mission of spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. And just like Paul, our mission at Grace Free Church is to share this good news throughout Schuylkill County. We want you to be a part of this mission as well. By partnering with us, we can reach the people of Schuylkill County. In fact, we can't do it without you. You may be thinking, how do I partner with Grace Free Church? Well, one way is through giving. We made this partnership process very simple. In fact, we have several methods to assist you in joining this mission. You can mail your gift to the church. You can text your gift to 570 528-2060, or you can give online by clicking the Give Online button on this page. The Give Online button also has a recurring giving option, which is a great way to schedule your gift giving. We appreciate you and are excited to see what God has in store for this church.
my sins heavy But chains break at the weight of your glory I need a shelter, I was an orphan Now you call me a citizen of heaven 